names like Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Anthony Irwin. Like this guy here. His name is Fagan. Harrison Fagan. Welcome back, everybody, here to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, joined, as always, by my forever sober friend and colleague, Harrison Fagan. Hey, Harrison, how you, how you doing, bud? You've been on vacation forever? I think I... So your your walls are all like eggshell, and I would say right yeah. now you're like French vanilla. Like you got some color to you. Congratulations! Yeah, no, I I, I went outside like multiple times. <laughs> Do you feel refreshed? Like how, how are you feeling? Like you know, somewhat. <laughs> uh, I think you're probably feeling significantly less refreshed than you could be given the nature of this podcast and the subject of this podcast episode. Yeah, that is definitely true. <laughs> all right i'm just gonna get down to it i have what i think is a pretty damn good theory on why rob palenka operates the way that he does and how he continues to re remain employed despite overseeing one of the more spectacular two-year failings failures that that we'll ever really see they win a championship which granted that he gets credit for that and then just immediately drunkenly stumble through the next two seasons, which I can relate. I I, I totally totally understand why he would just, just if you want to get after it and celebrate and then not get to your job. Yeah, hmm? I was gonna say if you just want to summarize how bad the last two seasons have gone, I made the earnest argument on the You Know Ball podcast last week that the Lakers would have been better off if Dennis Schroeder, who is out of the league right now, had taken their eighty-four million dollar extension offer. That's yeah. how bad things have gone. That yeah. Dennis Schroeder making, you know. He could have protected uh, the Lakers from the Lakers by taking $84 million from the Lakers. Yeah, it would have been like two sides protecting each other from their own <laughs> stupidity. <laughs> Do you think both parties are like, can we just go back? Can we just they go back and want to go back in time? Yeah. Like if they had a time yeah. machine, they would meet each other in the past and just like talk to their past selves at the same time in that meeting and just be like, no, just take the extension. The next, the next like year and a half for both of us. Tough. <laughs> That's tough. Fire emoji. Flex fire emoji. emoji. <laughs> hundred emoji. Yeah. I think it's the hundred. It's the fire 100. That's, that's his thing. It's not that's, the flex. That's, it's a, <laughs> him saying that to Montrose Harrell after he lost his grandma. Just you could the see level how of like awareness from a man who turned down eighty four million and then yeah you could see how he yeah. could he could bungle uh, his career. But all right, so I have a theory on Rob Polinka that uh, calls into question some of his plans and the uh, ineffectiveness of those plans and ability to pull those plans off, and yet not reconfigure said plans um, and and why perhaps he continues to remain employed despite not being able to to pull off those plans now there are other factors here obviously the the closeness to genie they do have like a 20-year relationship he is uh, Kobe Bryant's closest friend and in many ways does represent you know Kobe's last tie back to the Lakers um, so that's obviously a factor here too. 
But one trend that I just keep noticing over and over and over again with this guy is he comes to, he, he comes up with this incredible plan, whether it was Kawhi a couple of years ago, whether it was uh, trading for Kyle Lowry, whether it was uh, trading for Chris Paul, I believe at one point, Damian Lillard has been in, in Lakers sites this very off season. The Lakers were hoping to turn Russell Westbrook into Bradley Beal somehow. And they were hoping to, uh, I, I just recently we saw them connected to Donovan Mitchell. That, and it's, that one made me laugh out loud because that yeah. was really like, Rob really is the worst guy in your fantasy league to yeah. reach out and just be like, Hey, you know, Danny. Yeah. I know we've been talking about like, uh, about like Bogdanovich and Patrick Beverly and whatever, but you know, but just like out of curiosity. first round picks for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah. it sounds like the Knicks aren't really giving you a real offer. I'll, you know, I'll put something on the table. Right. Right. And, and it's just, it's just name after name, after name, after name. And, you know, he's working with the skeleton crew staff compared to the rest of the league. The Lakers have one of the thinner front offices, especially compared to like the other teams that they're hoping to compete with at the very top, even in their own division, right? The Clippers run a gigantic operation. The Golden State Warriors, uh, same, same situation there. Um, and, and then you look at the Lakers and it's like Jesse Buss is the assistant GM and well, and I mean, you can't forget senior basketball advisor, Kurt Rambis. That's worth at least There's also like that. three employees. Yeah. That's like three manpower that, you know, one Kurt is like three, you know, analytics nerds, you know, but like it's you know what? in the front I, office math. I agree. I agree. Um, they tried and, to hire and, analytics nerds, but Kurt just kept hissing at them. And he's like, he's like nerds. No, you know, what really stands out to me over my time covering this team and like how the Lakers operate I broke a story a couple of years ago that they were investing into <laughs> analytics. I did reporting. I we actually report reported this for Silver Screen, ran it up the editor poll, all that stuff, did everything that I did to be a quote unquote big J journalist. And when I reported a positive story, a story that people were amped to read about them, the Lakers got angry at me for reporting that the Lakers no, 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 were no, investing no, no, no. in analytics. They didn't get yeah. angry at you, they got angry at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how did this guy how did he find out guys it's a good thing he's he's saying nice things about you for once <laughs> yeah i was on my way to a date when all that happened and <laughs> explaining to that girl why i was like on my phone and uh you know like the entire time and like answering angry calls very confusing experience i'm sorry mia I no, well, Mia, that relationship did not last, probably in part because of you. Uh, so, well, then you're welcome. You, yeah, you're no, both. actually, you, you know what? Act genuinely, thank you. Yeah, you're good. We're all good here. Uh, but so I, 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 my theory here on Rob Palenka is that, you know, and, and you and I have called him this in the past before, that he has some used car salesmen to him. He has some snake oil salesmen to him. And if you are operating with the skeleton crew and you only really need the approval of like two or three people, uh, then what better way to do it than to keep on going to those two or three people with big name after big name after big name and say, Oh man, I'm so close. I'm just so, and they just talk amongst each other. Well, you know, the results aren't quite there. Yeah. But this time he says he can get Donovan Mitchell. And, and he just continues to remain employed. And I think it speaks, you know, poorly on both 
halves of this equation here, but it's just name after name after name after name. And the only singles that he's hit has been those like dribblers up the baseline that stay fair for just long enough. They get to the base and the third baseman is just like, ah, and begrudgingly picks it up because he swung for the fences and the ball goes off the end of the bat and the ball just trickles down the third baseline. And Rob Polinka just like, begrudgingly accepts a single whenever he can. And then even then immediately steal, tries to steal second base and gets caught. Right. And I, I just, I get, I get, I'm curious, Harrison, hearing this theory and these couple analogies, what your, what your reaction is to uh, the combination of all of that. You, you have mastered the extended analogy because I, I heard dribblers that you said, like, uh, you, you know, he's hit a couple dribblers. I thought you just meant like he had signed a few. That was he had signed a lot of dribblers like that is sort of his chosen player <laughs> archetype is like guys who dribble a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't even realize you were making a baseball analogy until the next mm-hmm. sentence. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, the has he tries to steal second, gets thrown like, you know, gets out. Like that's that was solid work, I gotta say. Um, I appreciate it. As far as the theory, you know, I I think you might be onto something in the sense of I'm gonna start trying this at work. I'm just gonna tell people. I'm gonna be like, yeah, you know, we could we could replace Anthony with like Stephen A. Smith. You know, yeah, I'm pretty right. close. I, I talked to his agent. You know, yeah. We've exchanged an email, as in I yeah. sent an I email got, and I they mean, haven't I got replied. A not in office, like instantaneous send email back, but that's a reply. I'm counting it. Um, yeah, right, right. But it's like if you if your sole the purpose slow down with Stephen A. Smith, that would be an incredible show. I got to say. Oh. I mean, no offense, but like I somehow don't think it would be ten minutes long. <laughs> I, I don't think cleaning? he. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think. It, you know, because people complain, and I do hear you about, uh, and I've tried to fix it, the levels, the, the audio levels of me speaking and the swish thing, right? People would be like, can you turn up the swish a little bit? It's so quiet compared to Stephen A. screaming into my into my yeah. headphones every morning. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, so yeah, I, I just, I walk, I, I listen to Rob no, Palenka I- speak. And and it and it makes me nervous because he just constantly seems to be selling something, right? Like it, yes. he's just it's it's never like a straight up answer. It's always no. This is this is like the best thing that we possibly could have done here. And it's like, like speaking you sign Contavious Caldwell Pope, yeah. It's yeah. like if you're buying like a diet supplement, what it says on the back, like that's how Rob Polinka talks a little bit. <laughs> This green tea leaf brought from the north face of the Andes. Like, no, yeah. I, I, I bought a Lipton iced tea, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's like how they describe Dasani bottled water on the bottle. You know? It's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> or like Fiji. Fiji water always kind of tripped me out because it's like, it's this limited amount of water that is in this self-sufficient you know, underground tunnel that produces the cleanest water. So like you would think that every bottle of Fiji would be more expensive than the next because it's this limited resource. But no, it just turns out that Fiji water is all full of shit. Like I remember one time, Jen. I I do not condone that. If like as as a health advertisement, I don't know that we can say that. Like that you're literally describing a bottle of water. I don't know if you can say, I mean, it's full of water. 
<laughs> I'm just trying to not get you sued for libel, you know? No, I don't think Fiji, no. Their advertising is full of shit. I do not think that their water is full of shit. But, you know, it, it does, it does like call into question though, like the, the, the way that Rob operates, his top priority has always seemed to be, so, you know, remaining employed above what's best for the Lakers. We saw this at the deadline, right? Some of the reports when the Lakers weren't interested in trading Russell Westbrook for just the, the, the pick, they didn't want to use the pick and just and moving Russell Westbrook. It was like it was uh, uh, the vast majority of those leaks and stuff was like, well, technically that was clutch. And it's like, like at some point, Rob has to actually do his job. And the times that he's done his job, it's always been with plan B. And he has in the past been very organized in his ability to pull off plan B, right? Most consequentially, he had Danny Green ready to be signed and he had... Uh, the subsequent moves after the Lakers stru struck out on uh, Kawhi Leonard and they wind up winning a championship. But a lot of that team was made up of holdovers, right? A lot of that, Alex Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, KCP, like a lot of the important parts of that team were already there. And then we're added to it when when uh, Rob Polink was able to move quickly and, and bring in some some other pieces that fit, you know, finishers that fit. And... And ever since then, though, it's been every every press release that the Lakers email me personally, make sure to highlight, right? They make sure to highlight uh, the past accomplishments that, that somebody has won. You okay, know? but that's standard. No, I know, I know. But, like, okay. it, it's just the, the entirety of last season, even as the Lakers were just having one of the most awful seasons in, in recent memory, we're just hearing nonstop about how, look how many future Hall of Famers they have on their team. Look at how many combined all-star appearances this team has together. And it's just, it just never stopped, man. And, and at some point the Lakers do have to like hit a single. Like at some point you do have to like get somebody on base and knock them in a scoring position and do whatever you can to scrap and claw for a run against a really good starter. And, and the Lakers just seem incredibly reluctant to do that, even as an opportunity to do exactly that is staring them in the face. This Indiana trade is a couple singles that gets guys in a scoring position and gives you a chance to, to get somebody across the plate. And the Lakers just for some reason are still like star fucking themselves into oblivion. I did find it amusing. It, it, speaking of that, I found it amusing that like Patrick Beverly is apparently at the level where he gets a Rob Palinka quote in the press release. Most of the yeah. time when they trade for a role player or something, it's just like, hey, the Lakers have acquired so and so uh, for the X time All Star, like, you know, the yeah. this guy that won Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man, or they list some accomplishments and then they say what they averaged last season. And then they're like, the Lakers roster now stands at X number of players. Usually you only get the Rob quote if it's like a LeBron extension or it's like we have re-signed Anthony Davis yeah. or, you know, we have traded for Russell Westbrook or, mm -hmm. you know, like one of these. Like, or eventually names, traded Russell Westbrook. Yeah. But then it's like, it, it, yeah, Rob's going to be the first GM to give a quote about the player that they just traded. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, like and then he, he had like a big glowing statement about Patrick Beverly. And I was like, wow. How low yeah. is the Lakers? Like, you know, all due respect to Patrick Beverly, but that was like, I feel like most teams are not putting out a statement from the GM on the acquisition of Patrick Beverly. I don't um, think Danny Ainge gave a quote about Patrick Beverly when they traded away Rudy Gobert. 
I mean, that seems unlikely, but for other reasons, uh, you know, um, like, I don't think that Minnesota probably did give out like a quote. It, it was just strange. And then it sort of speaks to, or I guess it, this doesn't really specifically, but sort of the larger point of what you're getting at about chasing the stars, you know, as much as that might be a self-preservation tactic from Rob, you know, I think the skeleton crew point that you brought up is interesting there. And, like, the thing that we really do, like, have to ask about is, you know, from his days as an agent, having to, you know, this is something that we brought up where it's like, this is a guy that tries to identify stars or guys that are going to be able to make a lot of money because that is directly tied to how mm -hmm. much money he makes. Like, he only gets a certain percentage. Like, is this a guy who maybe it's not necessarily just it, this is probably an added bonus that it's like, you know, maybe Jeannie is impressed with, oh, he's been linked to Donovan Mitchell. He's really in there trying to improve the team, whatever, um, you know, maybe less so than that. It's more of just like these are the guys that he is drawn to because his entire basketball career has been up yeah. to this point has been predicated on finding those guys as uh, they're all that matters and you know he saw team building through the lens of like you know working with a kobe most famously but also with like a james harden and you know like various yeah. other stars type of guys where you're representing them almost as like a pseudo sort of like how rich paul is representing lebron now during this process of like i'm sort of telling you like guys that i think would be good to add to this yeah. team because they're the types of guys that fit well with my client and i'm sort of like kind of a co-manager here like that gets to give input or whatever i get a voice in the process rob was probably doing a lot of that stuff too in his days as an agent and you sort of see the team through the prism of like okay stars are what matters you fill in those role guys whatever that kind of is important yeah. but not as much you really got to have these stars and this top end talent and that is you know that sort of is where the biggest pitfalls of this team have come from is that they just like they the whatever title after they got their plan b you know because yeah. their plan b was like signing a bunch of like really good role players that rob didn't give like a press release quote about probably um and then you know has spent the entire time trying to be like, all right, well, whatever, that was nice, but how do we get a third star in here? You right. know? Even as... They've been trying like to the, go back to plan A continually. Yeah, it's well, like, that... Should be the third star? Maybe. Could, could Russ? Russ? Russ is a former all-star. He was pretty good in Washington down the stretch. There's your third star. Um, right. And then now it's, you know, like offering insulting offers for like Donovan Mitchell and Bradley Beal. Right. And and the offer for Damian Lillard would have been would have been insulting. The offer for Chris Paul would have been insulting, you know, and, and even Dame the signings. Least, Dame and Chris Paul at least felt plausible in the sense of like those are guys that, you know, their teams wanted to kind of do right by them and send them to where they wanted to go. And so maybe, you know, from that respect, it works out. But right. Yeah. But it, I, but otherwise, the offer is the the offer still would have been insulting. Yeah. Right. Like the, the, it, you're right in that. Yeah, Portland, although I don't think Portland was particularly interested in seeing Damian Lillard, Los Angeles Laker, right? Like, I, I don't think they wanted to, to put their fans through that either. But, like, I, it's it's just even their signings. It's always, like, like Lonnie Walker, right, was at one point this young guy with a ton of upside, and he has since plateaued. And this notion that and, – and, like, let's let's also, you know – admit to a clear trend in that all of the Lakers exception signings have been clutch guys. So like, that's, that's also worth noting here. Is it all but, of them? Yeah. Well, the only, the right. only one, 
The only one who isn't is Wesley Matthews, but he signed the biannual exception. Okay. But like all of the Lakers full like mid-level, mid-level. exceptions have been they've all been clutch guys. Yeah, so I think you're right. I, off the top of my head, I think you're right cuz it's Lonnie, Kendrick Nunn, Montrez Harrell. I think that's it, right? Did they have the mid-level the year that in 2019? I don't know if they did. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're we're going down no. a rabbit hole. Yeah, but but, but like yeah. Especially recently, at least recently, off the top of our head, and and you know you look at you look at uh, Walker though, and and a lot of the Lakers signings, it's just these guys that their upside isn't necessarily in them as players. It's what they were once perceived the the upside that they once were perceived to have, and uh, you know it's it's just it's getting kind of tiresome to to see that the Lakers are kind of defining their successes in in signing players by what that player once was able to do and not how that player actually fits in the Lakers on their roster, right? Like last year was a great example of player after player after player after player who in a vacuum made a little bit of sense, you know, that, that, that you know, Kent Bazemore on a minimum, you know, all right, that's that's a decent uh, signing. Carmelo Anthony on a minimum, oh, oh, okay, like he'll offer some spacing. Wayne Ellington on a minimum, okay, yeah, but it's a lot of overlap in terms of what he's going to be bringing with with Carmelo Anthony and and so on and so forth. And and never at any point there did there seem to be any kind of like roster wide plan. It was just all these vacuum moves. And and the thing about you know making meals is that like eventually those those ingredients come out of the vacuum sealed bag and they all have to fit together and and they never did on last year's roster and i think you could say the same thing here again where yeah now now especially after the lakers traded for patrick beverly it's a better roster than they had last year but it is it's still a lot of guys that like in a vacuum okay sure lonnie walker has some upside i guess and all right, fine. Bruce Brown. All right, that makes that that makes or not not Bruce Brown. Is it Bruce Brown? I forget. No, no Bruce Brown went Troy to Brown. Denver. Troy, Troy Brown. Brown. Uh, yeah, here. Bruce Brown. Yeah, uh, you know he. All right, he has maybe some upside there too. And it's kind of weird that Chicago was willing to get rid. You know, let let that guy walk. And hey, the Lakers might have stumbled onto some potential value there. But then you kind of look him look at the team, and as this collective unit and those vacuum sealed bags like have to remain separate for you to continue to make it think that this roster makes any sense yeah i think there's a little bit for me there's probably a little bit of like uh i'm trying to think like hindsight bias in the sense of we know last year's roster in retrospect obviously did not fit because we watched it you know 82 games of it uh which is 82 games too many uh, of yeah. that roster in retrospect. This roster, I, I think you can talk yourself into it a little bit more only because we haven't seen them on the court to fit that badly yeah. yet. Um, mm-hmm. And so I can't quite get there with this roster, but maybe you're right. And in retrospect, we'll be saying the same thing and that this team will be as bad as last year's. I think that's like summarizing your point accurately. Um, but, you know, <laughs> last year, maybe <laughs> the biggest Bars underground. I feel like in my because uh, I'm gonna I'm not even gonna use the royal we I'll say me like the the biggest flaw in the way that I think I analyzed last year's team was you know you're talking about the vacuum signings I think a lot of those signings you could see the guy and you're like yeah I kind of see how they make sense alongside like LeBron and AD and you know Russ and whatever mm-hmm. but then there were maybe maybe this was just me but I wasn't putting enough thought into you know okay but who's the other guy in that lineup. 
And yeah. how does that work? You know, right. it's like you can see all these, you know, again, like a biggest red flag in retrospect was how excited we were about like the prospect of having like Russ and LeBron stagger. And it's like, well, <laughs> if the best thing about your team is, is that how those two guys expensive players are going to like play not play that often together, then maybe <laughs> that's not a good thing. Yeah. Right. And again, it's you know, just like and and like with Russ, Russ is. I, he wasn't the plan A that the Lakers were pulled were able to pull off, but no, but he was still like that he was like plan C, right? And and right, yeah, because it was Demar Derozan, and then it was it was somebody else. Uh, no, he was higher than Demar. It was it was like Chris, it was Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, and then Russ. Russ, and then then DDR. Um, but no, I I so for I mean we know they chose Russ over Damian uh, Demar Derozan because they traded for him. You know, if they wanted yeah. Demar Derozan so bad, they could have just waited. Well, it would have been, I, I, you know, anyway. there are other people who who have better understandings of the cap machina, uh, machinations that made Demar Derozan really difficult for the Lakers to get, but, um, you know, with Russ, he was still a Plan C, and and it was it's one of those moves that like, if all you're all you're interested in, if the if the only analysis that you're doing is so shallow as look at that dude's resume, then yeah, it makes a bunch of sense, right? And 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 especially, you know, the fact that Kobe gave like the 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 sign off on Russ and called him the next player who had that like mama mentality and and, and all of that. Um like that's that's the kind of thing that I could totally see Rob going to to Jeannie and Linda and, and, and Kurt and saying like look at this guy that we can get. Can you believe this? And and that would buy him some goodwill with them even while he's still able to leak to the to the media well technically that was clutch and we i was really kind of forced into this by anthony davis and, and lebron james um and and it's just it's just and look being able to remain employed is a skill and it's a really important one and he's really really good at it but yeah not particularly like, important to fans but like important yeah. to people you know yeah it's important to him i would probably yeah. i would probably say it's probably pretty important probably. to him but the the you know the problem with it is that if that is your sole purpose, if that is your top priority, then you're never going to do the best by the team that you are entrusted to run. And I don't think he ever really has. I don't think he's, you know, if if he was actually like one of the things that really annoyed me during one of those news cycles where it was him leaking that Clutch made him do it was like, okay, man, but like, what position do you hold again? Like, why are you there? Yeah, if, I thought if, you just got a promotion. Yeah, you're 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 the vice president of basketball or operations. Whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, like you're 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 vice president of basketball operations. You're the top decision maker in the basketball ops portion of the Lakers. Um, you don't get to say that like you. My hands were tied, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's I, like oh man, but like Rich Paul was really mean to me. He was gonna be yeah. super mean afterwards and like call me yeah. and yell at me and you know right. Uh, yeah, and nobody was he was never mean to anybody in his negotiations as an agent before. He has no idea how to be mean. That would that's no, not, that's, that's why not he's so scared of it. He's like, I would have been so mean to me if I didn't do what I wanted. <laughs> right. And it's just maybe he I don't just know. thinks maybe because he was an agent, he thinks that the best GMs are the ones who just let the agent run the team. Well, look, it's gonna be fascinating <laughs> here. That's that's <laughs> once he, once, he cozy once LeBron clutch, moves on all is young Rob Polinka. He's like, yeah. this is the guy who can run my team for me. And then I got a gig. I just 
and make all the decisions. And then he sees himself in the mirror and he's like, oh man, this is really difficult to work with. This, yeah. this kind of sucks. But, <laughs> and that's why you're seeing these lines in the sand now where we're like, no, we are not willing to, to forego our future abilities to build this team just to satisfy Clutch. But like, I just, the, the, the thing that frustrates me the most here is that like, I don't, I don't care if it's Rob Polinka who, who leads the Lakers to the promised land. I don't, I, I would have liked for it to have been magic. If I had my, if I had my choice between the two of them being successful, I would have cared a lot more about magic. Cause yeah, magic I mean, actually imagine, imagine how much more legendary magic would be now, like today in current times, if he had also turned out to be an amazing GM of the Lakers. Right. Right, like it, but but even there, like I would have liked for it to be magic, but I don't like care. Fans All would I talk about magic the way Heat fans talk about Pat Riley, you know? Yeah, right. And and the way Lakers fans used to talk about Phil, right? Like yeah. it was like, it, it, but but like and I, Knicks I, fans don't talk about Phil. <laughs> the opposite of how Knicks fans talk about Phil. Yeah, but I I don't. It, at this point, though, like I don't care. That's why I was pushing for the Lakers to go out and hire Bob Myers or Masai Ujiri or, or even R.C. Buford or Sam Presti. Um, when when Magic stepped down, was like, hey, yeah, it's cool that he has ties back to Kobe and all that, but like, are we sure he's actually good at the job? You need to hire somebody who's actually good at the job here. And I and I think we can probably say fairly definitively now that he's not. Like I think we can probably say like pretty clearly that he is not good at this job. And and at best you can say he's fine, I think. And and I, you know I think fine is like the most charitable description that you could give. Yeah, like I think at best you can say this this he's all right. He's he's okay at this he's job. He's the exact and, kind of GM that he would undervalue and let go to the Bulls for uh not that much he, money. Right. And I don't know. I just <laughs> except if you're saying that Alex Caruso is just okay. That's not about any situation in particular. If you're if you're saying that he's just okay, then then we are fighting in public. But but like I, the Alex Caruso of GMs, <laughs> in that. But like that would make Palinka difficult to replace, and I don't think he's difficult to replace. That like I, we've no, seen I how mean, difficult honestly, it is to replace Alex Caruso. Is trying to think of who they would replace him with. Well, that's that's what I've found fascinating saying, in Anthony, watching. Sometimes the devil, you know. Well. Still the devil, but like yeah, I, I, I mean, Kurt's like great news. I can finally run the team. <laughs> That's also true. Although, but again, like if Kurt sucks at it, then we go through a couple years of him sucking at it, which he would, and then eventually, like the Lakers have to replace him. Like I, I it's just, I, I, the Lakers are so invested in story, right? Their own story in particular. But they are so invested in story that it comes, it, it it falls on the totem pole higher than productivity, you know. And and we just see it time after time after time after time where instead of doing the thing that puts them in, in a better position to succeed, they just, they, they go for the story. And, and I think, you know, who better to write one of those far-fetched stories than Rob Palenka? That's like... 95% of his job is writing these stories and, and making it look as if this thing that he did is far more important than the thing that he actually did. And, and what, I, what I would hope for at some point here, and this is a really good time to do it, is for you to like set the story aside and make the trade that actually makes you better. Like make the move, make the move 
that actually makes you better. And like, look, credit to him for doing it with, with THT. THT could have been a great story. This, you know, late, who's like a second round pick, right? 46, I believe. Yeah, it's like mid second round pick. Um, you know, this, this project player who they were able to uh, mold into a, a steady role player that never wound up happening. And they eventually cut, you know, cut their losses on it and credit to them for doing that. Like that was Rob admitting failure there. That, like, like THT was his, what was his guy. He chose his guy over Alex Caruso and eventually like, all right, they, they made the move and they brought in THT. And that by the way, is why you get the quote on Patrick Beverly, right? Like, Look how difficult oh. it was. To, yeah. Yeah. He just had the Kyle Lowry quote already in the drafts and he just changed the name. <laughs> Do you think it was like actually crossed off? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Patrick Beverly has struggled a little bit with his body here. And oh, wait, no, get get that part out of it. Get, <laughs> But like, yeah, I, I think I, I just. I look at the Lakers operations here and I just constantly am, am amazed at at how unprofessional it seems compared to the other ones that they're competing against. And, and that is a perfect situation situation for a used car salesman to seem more valuable than he actually is. Like if, if you don't know if the people at the top don't know what they're doing, you know, it, it can literally turn into, you know, a, a blind leading the dumb kind of situation, right? Where, where the person who the person who is who is leading the way doesn't really know where they're going and the people who he's leading don't really know that there's anybody better to lead them so yeah we're just going to keep doing this thing over and over and over again and finally it sounds like the lakers are willing to hold rob accountable if this season doesn't go well but i don't know that genie or linda or kurt have actually learned their lessons on why magic failed or why Rob Polinka has been a failure these last couple seasons. So like you're saying, there's no guarantee that if they fire Rob, things would actually get better. But I don't think, I don't think like he, two things either have to happen here. Either Rob actually has to start operating as if the top priority is actually doing best by the Lakers and doing best by the, 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 the roster and putting those things together, or they have to find somebody who will. And you know, until that time comes, we're just going to keep having this conversation. I'll come. I'll keep coming up with even dumber analogies for for the way guys operate, people operate. I, I'm just fascinated at how we even ended up here that we're doing this show in the, like the waning days of August. Well, I'm I'm about to but, head out on paternity leave, and like I just have to get these takes off. Oh yeah, I, okay. Because I was going to say, like, why is this rattling around on your brain on August 29th that? You can ask Jen. I'm sick uh, as an individual. I'm sick in the brain. I'm always yeah, thinking I about this stuff. Yeah, you're just sitting around and you're like, oh, man, you know what the real problem with Rob Polinka is? <laughs> it's just you on your couch this morning. You're like, oh, I got a theory been... that will make Harrison uncomfortable when I read it to him the first time. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, and I also, I would like to throw my hat in the ring. No, you know, We on. know that the Lakers are obsessed with story so i have a pitch for them okay okay there is no one better than a fedora wearing journalist to root for stories and to just okay. do things solely on what is the best story so i would like to say you said that we don't know who the lakers are going to empower next i'd like to throw my hat in the ring i am ready to take over as lakers gm and just issue 
like way more unhinged press release quotes. Like I'm gonna like what Rob said about Patrick <laughs> Beverly. I am going to say that about like drafting Max Christie on draft night. You know, <laughs> no, not even drafting Max Christie, acquiring the pick to draft Max Christie. No, 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 no. About I'm gonna say it when we announce the Cole Swider two way signing. You know, <laughs> we feel like Cole Swider can be an all-star for us for years to come. Many haters yeah. and losers overlooked him in the draft and didn't <laughs> draft him, even us, with the 46 pick or whatever we whatever they used on Christie, I forget, yeah. 42nd or something. Uh -huh. um, you know, we even overlooked him. But we know that that doubt is going to lead Cole Swider to become the next Steve Novak and have like a nice like eight-year career in the league. How much of of the Rob Polinka going after Swider had to do with Swider looking like a young Rob Polinka. That's the question I want to know. It's almost, yeah, it's uncanny. I, I mean, see, I would draft guys solely for the comedic value of them looking like me. Like the whole team <laughs> would just be Chet Holmgren's. Like, it's like, you know, why don't they build the whole plane out of the black box? Like I'm building the whole plane out of Chet Holmgren's, you know? Well, and look, OKC's okay, on their Poku. way to doing like, that. Sam Presti is secretly me. <laughs> You know, just building a team and then of, if like, they draft Wemby, Harrison Fagans. <laughs> if they if they draft Wemby, if they draft Wembyana, like those are three guys. Those are three wacky, arm flailing, inflatable man guys. Oh <laughs> man, it, yeah, it's time for me to become a Thunder fan at that point. So that's all I'm saying. You know, I'm ready to assemble. Like you know, Genie, let me speak directly to you now. Like I can't promise that the team is going to be good or that we're going to get Banner number eighteen. But man, we're going to sell a lot of tickets with how hilarious it's going to be trying, you know, or at least like the, mm -hmm. the, the content minds will have good content. Like, you know, that's all that matters to me. I, I just said a second ago, all that matters to me I mean, is we the, know Lakers that being all that the Lakers care about is story. What yeah. if we have a chance to repivot and tell a different story than they've told throughout their throughout their franchise history? Like yeah. we can be the Lakers of badness, you know, but like good memes. <laughs> Somebody replied to me because I fired off a tweet that like didn't include the Lakers bringing back Buddy Heald. And they were like, oh, you didn't have the Lakers getting Buddy Heald so you guys could keep making content about them getting ready to trade for Buddy Heald. And I was like, damn it, I feel seen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's the first thing that I do in the lead chair is trade for Buddy Heald. I'd be like, yeah. I have assembled the 4019 multiversal trade that my predecessor never could. I'd also be like really open about hating on Rob in every single press statement. Like, yeah. I'd just be like, yeah, I mean, I have signed Victor Wembignana to an eight-year max contract, uh, you know, yeah. like seven years or whatever when I take over the team, um, you know, and I believe that he can bring way more star power to L.A. than Rob Palinka ever did with that rinky-dink fake dynasty that he had with Anthony Davis and LeBron where they only won one title. I'm going to win seven, said Her Lakers general <laughs> manager and chief content officer Harrison Bacon in a statement. <laughs> You know what? I don't want a vice president of basketball operations, chief content organizer for the Lakers is is the position I I want them to create and fill. Screw yeah. basketball operations. You guys suck at that anyway. Just make content. Just get, like, I'm ready. Thirty seven part Hulu documentary coming up. I will Just do and that. Then, like, Focus based on, that. on memes. You know, like it's like oh Russ <laughs> hasn't been in the practice facility. I will make bad photoshops of Russ in the practice facility. Like it's just like clearly like a box headshot like on Austin Reeves' body backwards. But it's like see haters. Russ was in the facility, <laughs> wearing old uh, team equipment. No, not even that. It'll be the current team equipment. Okay.
just well, just but but that's got to be photoshopped too though. Turned around 180 degrees on Austin Reeves's body shooting from behind. Yeah. Yeah. I, what could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? I'm All right, do you saying, have any I, I, Lakers get at me? I know you listen to the pod. I have a lot of great ideas. I'm ready to succeed, Rob Polinka. Do you uh do you have any uh vacation failing stories before we get out of here? No? Not really. I don't have any uh misfortunes of the week, I guess. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, All I guess right. other than on my flight back, uh, I, so I, you know, I mean, you know, this, this will be funny. You can laugh at this. I, I, or maybe you can't if I end up testing positive, but like, you know, I made, uh, I made the whole flight back. I was like, I thought I was being pretty cautious, you know, staying away from people in the airport, wore my mask, sat in like a section where there weren't that many people, you know, small Tahoe airport. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm flying back, made it through the whole flight, you know, uh, first flight post gallbladder removal didn't throw up really exciting day um okay. get on the ground and like i'm like okay i'm feeling pretty good about this you know i felt like i kept myself reasonably safe you know again i'm pretty much germ phobe and then some like small child walks to the back of the plane and just starts coughing her ass off like directly next to me while trying to talk to her dad <laughs> without a mask on is turning away from him towards my seat <laughs> and i'm like am i on punks right now like <laughs> So there's my misfortune of the week. I mean, it was nice that you finally got to meet Avery, though. <laughs> yeah, she had good manners to not cough near you. I'm really good at telling you, like, and all right, I, I can also announce. We don't tell her cover future. your mouth. We say like, cup your mouth and try to send it out there to to more. Yeah, people. just direct it, you know. Yeah, at someone. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, and I, I also can announce that uh, you have a future misfortune of the week coming your way, courtesy of me as uh, as a baby gift. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to I'm going to take video of me opening this gift. OK, yeah. And I think I'm you're going to be take... excited. I, I think I think I have captured the cross section of your all of your interests into one gift. And just to, <laughs> like, congratulate you on second time around fatherhood, because, you know, like. First time fatherhood, you go all out, you get a really expensive gift, you know, all that stuff, you know, second time fatherhood, whatever, you already did this. Like the, yeah. the second kid's not as important. I'll put that on the record for the podcast. Yeah. Miles we're both are, older. Um, we're, we're, we're both older siblings. That's yeah. objectively true. Yeah. We know where the hierarchy lies, like, and who yeah. you're, which child you're going to love less is. My parents um, like me a lot more than they like Andrew and Alex a lot more. Yeah. See? I've given uh, them like grandchildren. I also feel like there's no way that's true, but um, like, <laughs> I mean, um, I've given them grandchildren. The other two, the other two yeah, brothers. Yeah, I guess you you did your one important job. You just like yeah. let them down at every other area. Um, but <laughs> I give them a uh, roof, a, a roof to sleep under when they come visit. They, like those are two important boxes that yeah, I. Yeah, you know what? I guess yeah, you've leveled up. They're like they probably yeah. they probably were doubting you there for a little bit. They're like, this oh, is our yes. like blogger son that just like yells on the internet all day. But then you <laughs> turn that into a profitable career. So I guess you did. It's you know you made good. Um, yeah, drunkenly yeah. stumbled through the last couple of years and eventually wound up in a decent place. Unlike exactly. you know this. So yeah. anyway, I I have sent you a gift that I feel like captures all of your interests well. So I'm excited for you to jump back on during paternity leave to inform the listeners about this gift. Is it actual snake oil? No, no, but that would have been funny. Um, that would have been great. <laughs> no, I just feel like I've captured, you know, again, like, you know, you love basketball, you love other things. I think I've been able to combine them into one gift. Well, I appreciate it. I can't wait to, to, to get it. Um, all right. 
That's going to do it here for it. I didn't pay for express shipping, so it may be a little while, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>